Hi there. My name is Jeff, and I'm here with my podcast, People Conversations. Um, today, I am talking to a Bernie Krat in New York, um, and he is uh, supporting Bernie Sanders and uh, a Bernie Sanders Democrat. So, uh, why don't you why don't you tell us your name a little bit about about yourself, please? My name is Jeff Curzon. I'm an attorney in Manhattan. And I've been supporting Bernie for over a year now. I think he's the best we've got of all the candidates right now, and I think he'll make a lot of good changes uh, to our country when he's president. Um, what? When did you discover him? Well, I ran for Congress in 2014, and my message then was the same as it is now. Um, I'm running in Lower Manhattan, Brooklyn, and Queens. And the message was that Congress should be working for the people, not the big corporations. Okay. And I think that jives really well with Bernie Sanders. And um, when I was running in 2014, I uh, heard some of the things Bernie was saying. I know that he introduced an amendment to overturn Citizens United, so I donated $5 to his campaign. And then, um, you know, I thought... He was a leader then, and I suggested he run for president uh, back in 2014. Um, but then I started supporting him again in early 2015 um, when he was running, and I thought, you know, he would be the best choice for our country. And uh, okay, I I'm jealous because I never discovered him until late August. Um, I never even heard of the name. Um, so, what do you like about him? Well, he's trustworthy. He uh, he's able to attract people into the political process. You know, now we're at a time when voter participation has been declining, and then here comes a politician who's talking about real issues that matter to people, and then people are getting excited and they're going to vote. So it's um, it's a nice change. It's it's a reversal in the trend where. People are just so cynical. They distrust politicians. They think they're dishonest. They think they're part of uh, an elite club and that they're just entrenched and that they're so out of touch with uh, the needs of the people that they they don't have any legitimacy governing. So, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders has been in Congress. He's been a mayor of uh, a pretty decent-sized city in Vermont and, um, and a U.S. senator, and I think... Uh, normally, someone with his experience would be part of the entrenched elites, but he's still speaking the truth and, you know, getting people excited uh, to to once again, you know, take part in in civic activity. So, okay. So, before I ask you about your your candidacy, what's your background as a lawyer, and where where are you located? I'm in New Jersey. Uh, well, I live it. So I I I'm live in. New Okay, well, so I live in the Lower East Side, and New York's 7th Congressional District um, composes uh, the Lower East Side, Chinatown, Manhattan, and then uh, mostly Brooklyn, about 10 neighborhoods in Brooklyn, spanning North Brooklyn, and then uh, on the West Side, it starts Brooklyn Heights, and it goes all the way down to about 60th Street in Sunset Park. Uh, I used um, to work also when I, I I had a job where the the main I worked in Philly, but the main office was in New York, right next to Central Park at, at 
4th and 6th. And I also went down to Wall Street as well. So those are the two areas, and Penn, Penn Station. So those are the those are the three areas that I knew. Oh, okay. So, well, those, um, the west side of Manhattan and downtown Wall Street is Congressional District 10. Um, okay. The incumbent there is um, Gerald Nadler. And then, uh, you know, uptown, midtown east, um, that's Congressional District 12, which is occupied by... Uh, Carolyn Maloney. Okay. So what is your background as a lawyer? Well, I used to work at a big firm called Sidley Austin, one of the, uh, I'd say, top law firms in terms of uh, number of attorneys and revenue. Uh, I I worked there for six years, including six months in their Hong Kong office. And then when financial... Yeah. um, That was six months. It was an interesting experience. Um, and then when the financial crisis happened, I left Sibley and opened up my own practice. Um, so I've been doing that for almost seven years now. And um, we primarily help entrepreneurs and small businesses. But my partners are um, litigators. And, uh, you know, we do both plaintiff and defense work for uh, individuals and businesses. So you're in a courtroom? Do you, you go into a courtroom well, often? No, so I'm a transactional attorney. I was trained uh, to do private equity, um, you know, so I draft and negotiate agreements, um, you know, stockholders agreements, commercial leases, okay, things like that. Okay. So what uh, what is your political background? Have you, when did you, is this your first candidacy? This is my second candidacy. I well, actually, it's my third. I ran for county committee, um, I think it was in 2009, and I have a story about that. Um, basically, I was running for Manhattan County Committee, and the I, I guess there's 2,000 members of the county committee in Manhattan, but the portion of Manhattan that could actually vote for me was about two streets uh, or two blocks on one street, Elizabeth Street and uh, Nolita. And I got 10 votes and uh, the person who won got 11 votes. So I can't really <laughs> say that every vote really does matter. Um, yeah, that reminds me of Bernie's first story where he won by 10 votes. So um, after that, I, well, before that I was campaigning for Obama, and I um, got so excited by his candidacy, I organized a group, we called it Obama NYC, and we had over 2,000 members, and um, I I took six months off from my job to campaign for him in New Hampshire and California, Um, so I door knocked for four months in New Hampshire, and then I organized Asian Americans um, to do house parties in California. Four, you, knocked then, those, you knocked on those for four months, you said? Yeah, for four months um, in 12 towns in New Hampshire. And um, Obama lost that election to Clinton. It was the second uh, election in the 2008 um, election. And I, I was really proud of the work we did because in the 12 towns that I was in, we won 11. Hmm. But, um, you know, he lost New Hampshire at that time. Right. Uh, so I campaigned for some some local candidates 
in Manhattan, including a district attorney and assembly. Um, and I guess, um, you know, I felt like you can really make a difference with politics. So I threw my hat in the ring and declared my candidacy to run for Congress in 2013. 2013. Um, oh, so that was the first time. Okay. Yeah. So I ran, I ran, the election was, um, like this time it was a democratic primary. Our district is almost 90% uh, democratic. So whoever wins the democratic primary is pretty much guaranteed to win the general. Okay. So now this time, so now you're running again this time, and are you running against So this time, yeah, the incumbent uh, has been in office 24 years, and I wasn't actually thinking of running this time until right before the ballot access period. And one of the major uh, considerations I had was that Bernie Sanders was getting new people into the political process and getting people energized. And I thought, well, you know, basically maybe things will change from 2014. Because in 2014, uh, out of the approximately 230,000 Democrats in my congressional district, less than 10,000 voted. And I calculated that that's 4% of Democrats who voted. So... You know, it's like 96% of people are either cynical or apathetic or disenfranchised. You know, I don't know what the word. Yeah, possibly disenfranchised. They they just feel that their vote doesn't matter, so they don't vote. I mean, and then and how did you do in 2014? Well, I got 1,800 votes, and the incumbent got 7,600. Uh, okay. She spent seven seven hundred thousand. I raised and spent. A hundred thousand. Wow! And uh, you know, I wasn't thinking. Well, I mean, uh, my my cost per vote was uh, around fifty dollars, and hers was around ninety dollars. But uh, so so that's an accomplishment. But you know, the the fundraising process just made me really sick. And um, yeah, I spent a lot of time calling people, a lot of time organizing fundraisers, and it just seemed like the the amount of effort that I had to do to to raise money um, was the yield was not as high as actually just talking to voters. So, so this cycle, yeah. I thought you know I'm not even going to fundraise. I'm just going to talk to voters and um, try to try to get them interested by by listening to their issues. Okay, and how how are how are things looking now for you? Because your election. When is your election? Uh, it's a June 28th. June 28th. Okay. My, our election down here is June 7th. So what, what is it looking like now for you? How is, how is talking to voters as opposed to, you know, <clears throat> actively raising money? Um, how are things different now? So I walked around the district and I talked to people and they wanted to know why I was running for Congress. And I said, Congress should be working for the people, not the big corporations and everyone nodded and uh signed my signed my petition to help me get on the ballot. Um you know, people that I talk to have problems with housing. Um you know, a lot of seniors are facing um situations where their fixed income on social security is, you know, not, not really enough to cover their their living expenses and it's um you know, it's so it's like, well, 
some people, they they don't think that their vote matters, but then when you stop and talk to them, then you can see that there's a light going off that uh, it it does matter when when they vote. So, um, you know, I'm I'm trying to just stay optimistic and plug along and uh, been really fortunate because of Bernie Sanders. Um, you know, some some people have signed up to volunteer for my campaign just because they learned that the incumbent is a super delegate for Clinton. So they wanted oh, to find out who really who was your the, opponent. Your opponent is a super delegate for Clinton. Yeah, and she campaigned for Clinton. Um, you know, I campaigned for Bernie. I did some door knocking, and um, you know, I've written some things about um, Bernie on my blog. Uh, but uh yeah so i was saying that some a lot of people who support bernie in the district are looking now for for a way to continue the energy and they found me as someone who's been labeled as a bernie crat yeah so, I, I personally I, I personally don't like the term bernie crat i like bernie sanders democrat but but everybody likes bernie crat um so yeah, actually what i've been doing for my own campaign is sort of similar to what you're saying which is i'm not i mean the surrogacy I'm, I'm running to be surrogate, which is someone who probates wills, which just means determining if will is valid. It's either, I know you know, I'm telling the audience, that you either determine the will is valid when someone dies or you determine who gets what. And they also deal with adoption and some other issues, custodialship. Um, people don't really want to talk about the surrogacy. They're not really, you know, it doesn't impact their lives every single day. It's important, but it's not, doesn't impact their lives day to day. So what I've been doing instead is going around and asking people what their problems are and interviewing them about their problems, their local problems. And two of, two of the big issues are two pipelines that are happening around here, uh, like devastatingly bad, and uh, natural gas pipelines, and uh, a school and an army base shutting down. And so I've been documenting, interviewing people, just like I'm doing with you now, but interviewing people, tell, having them tell me what the problem is, trying to get them publicity, having nothing to do with Bernie or myself, and what I get out of it is, I mean, obviously relationships, but what I get out of it is the ability to show people higher up than me what the problems are in this town. So when, for example, Bernie Sanders comes to this town or one of his surrogates come to the town, they can address those issues more directly. And all of it helps me, it helps Bernie, it helps the people. So that that's what's been working for me around here. So it sort of sounds similar to what you're doing. Hmm. Well, that's probably helped Bernie when I remember in one of the debates when the I forget which moderator it was, but I remember the question was, what's the uh, greatest threat to the United States now? And, uh, you know, I think people might have been expecting some answer like China or uh, Russia or ISIS. Um, yeah. and, and Bernie said it was climate change. So, right. you know, so this proposition to frack, fracking and um you know, the fossil fuel industry, I think, um, is great. Yeah, I agree. That was the first debate. I remember that specifically. Why, um, why, is, there, why is there a school closing in your, in your district? There is a college that uh, is definitely not making enough money. Like, it, it makes business sense for them to leave. But the college is moving to a wealthier neighborhood. Uh, according to the article, it says... Most of our students and faculty want this to happen. And I went and I spoke at the school, and I said, 
I asked them who in this classroom, there was a total of 25 people in two classrooms, and I said, please raise your hand if you want this to move to the, it's called Mount Laurel, to a wealthier neighborhood. And out of the 25 people, three raised their hand simply because that's where they lived. Uh, there were two neutral people, and everybody else did not want it to move. But this article implied that most students and faculty want them to move. And this town that I'm in, called Pemberton, New Jersey, uh, in Burlington County, on the east side of Burlington County, um, just really gets the bad end of the stick in many in many regards. And big businesses leaving is just one of them. And the fact that they're be not even being acknowledged in this article, um, you know, it's 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 they just don't exist. And it is there is talk in making it into a private prison, which just to make it even more depressing. Wow, double whammy. Yep, yep. I mean, the tax revenue goes away. They have to travel past abandoned buildings or a jail to go to a wealthier neighborhood, so they have to spend more gas. They have to get food now because they're on the road longer. They might even have to get a car, which they didn't necessarily need before. They're going to be away for longer. I mean, it's just a bad, it's a really bad thing. And we just learned that there's a a big army base, Fort Dix, that uh, may very well be shutting down. uh, Uh, What what you were doing uh, reminds me of a a fable about horses' teeth. Everyone thought that horses had a certain number of teeth and then, um, you know, I, I don't know if it was Plato or someone, I forget the exact story, but they actually said, well, to determine how many teeth a horse have, horse, horses have, we should open their mouth and count. And uh, I guess that's what you were doing by asking people at the school if they, if they really want to move it. Yeah, you know, it's, it's similar to like Bernie Sanders when he goes to Immokalee, Florida, right? He goes into the shadows and asks the people in the shadows, what is bothering you? What do you need? What can I do for you? Where there are too many politicians try and make the shadows darker. They try and, mm-hmm. you know, stop free speech. Um, they take away, you know, equal time on the news. So the truth really just disappears on the news. It's not even news anymore. But Bernie Sanders is someone who goes into the shadows and stands up for the people who are getting kicked the most. And I live 25 minutes east of here in a much more populous area of Burlington County. I live in Maple Shade, which is right next to Cherry Hill, which is Camden County, but I'm in Burlington County. And I could base my campaign where the, the population is. That's where the population is. But this is where people need him the most. And that's why, you know, that's why I come here. That's my whole philosophy is Bernie Sanders teaches you to feel, uh, to be able to claim what's bothering you and to to stand up for the people who no one else will stand up for. And yeah, this is, this is the town that needs him the most. Well, when Bernie came to New York City, he started in the Bronx, uh, it's like the, one of the poorest congressional districts in the country, if not the poorest. And, uh, you know, I think it's great that he got he attracted so many people to come to that rally and you know his other rallies which which rally was it? for themselves it was the one in the bronx that was uh i think his first uh foray into new york city that's where i, I he, believe uh the, his, the hispanic actress spoke at the beginning i believe and uh and the guy from puerto rico i believe spoke yeah uh, i'm not sure who's from puerto rico but maybe you're referring to rosario dawson Yes, Rosario Dawson, but there's also, yes, that was the actress that I was referring to. There was also uh, a singer 
from uh, Puerto Rico. He also, I believe, he spoke there. But yeah, so you're right. You're right. Um, so last, let me ask you one last question. What are your views as as it compares to Bernie's views? Like, do you have all the same views as him? Do you have it, do you have any major differences with him? And let me put it. Let me put an extra piece on this. What are your what are your specific plans to your congressional district? Well, there's certainly a lot of overlap in in Bernie's policies and mine. Uh, you know, back in 2014, I was talking about money and politics, and it's not just Citizens United. It's um, it's the fact that incumbent politicians get their money from political action committees that are representing corporate interests, and you know, we've seen the uh, banking sector grow over the last 30, 40 years um, as a proportion to the rest of the economy, which is great for Wall Street. Um, you know, the more money and more jobs Wall Street has, um, you know, it's good for bankers. Uh, however, you know, it's coming at a sacrifice, I think, when we when we see that our schools are overcrowded, um, you know, people have to work two, three jobs just to pay the rent. Um, you know, we we see our infrastructure crumbling. We're not really investing um, in in people who cannot afford a college education, so they graduate with hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt, and then. You know, the unemployment rate for, for young people is quite high. And, um, you know, it's just an un, unfair burden for people who want to get ahead. Um, and I think, you know, Bernie is really standing up for people who, who need um, a greater voice in the political system. And that for too long, their, their voice has been drowned out by uh, big money in politics. I mean, corporations primarily have a duty to their shareholders. They want to make more money for their shareholders. So to do that, they can uh, keep wages really low. And by doing that, then, you know, workers can't even uh, sometimes afford their products. So it's it's kind of antithetical to the model that Henry Ford had set up where, you know, his assembly line workers were paid a $10 a day wage and then they could afford to buy a, a Model T. Right. Um, you know, I I can't say that um, Bernie and I have exact policies. Um, you know, but I do support a single payer healthcare system. Um, I know that the Affordable Care Act was largely written by lobbyists for the insurance industry, and that's um, just as great as an example as any of money and politics. It's the the members of Congress who are receiving checks from the insurance company are told, you know, here's the legislation that we're okay with and you can adopt this and we'll, we won't fund your opponents. So, um, you know, overall, the Democrats had the House and the Senate and the President and the White House in, um, in 2009 and 2010, but they, they lost that power because, you know, it's essentially when they should have passed a single-payer system then, which would have been, I think, both good for workers and good for businesses, they just listened to where the money comes from. And, you know, if you want to talk about any any aspect of um, 
what the role of government is, there there should not be that conflict of interest where the donors get the real voice and you know the voters or the or the people uh you know don't don't really have a say and i i remember um a staffer on my 2014 campaign he he used to work for a US Senate office and the rule was um if a voter called you know the senator wasn't available but if it was the CEO of a corporation or someone who was a major donor then the senator wanted to hear from them and that that was um you know kind of like just hard for me to believe that that that's actually true but you know you can see all sorts of reports online now that congress men and women spend half their time fundraising and you know i don't i don't see how they can actually be working to solve problems for their constituents if they're so concerned always about raising money so we need to to change the way elections are financed and i think other countries have figured it out new york city has kind of figured it out with a matching fund system um i'd like to see that at the federal level and i'd like to see a cap on expenditures i'd like to see um a a shorter timeline so that um you know a campaign can cannot be just indefinite and be one giant um fundraising operation to you know just con- continually bombard the district with a candidate's message i think you know voters can get fatigued with um you know if you if you call them during dinner time they 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 might not want to speak with you because they've got other problems they're dealing with and you know but yeah. if it's if it's yeah. if it's only during say a 6 month period every other year then i think it's uh it would be better everything you're saying is is you inspire people to want to donate to you as opposed to oh. thinking please donate to me and you well, inspire I'm not, people I'm not, you... I'm, I'm not fundraising so uh, you can't donate to me but um you know if anyone's listening in congressional district 7 in new york they can go to my website and they can do what's most valuable to me and we on on our website jeffkurzon.com we have a pledge to vote for just button and uh you know that way we we know that uh we can follow up with the voter and um remind them about election day all right well jeff i really appreciate your time and uh it was nice meeting you and actually i'm going to say goodbye to the people but i want you to stay online I want to say something to you afterwards. Um, but thank you for talking. I really appreciate your time and for, um, you know, sort of doing things the way that sh- they should be done. And uh, uh, I wish you the best of luck in your campaign. Thank you, Jeff.